Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Mansfield, and if you've been here and joined in the last year, I'm Josh, and it's good to meet you and happy to speak to you after the service and introduce myself. But we have missed you, and uh, it's been great to see some familiar faces this morning. I just want to take a second to honour your campus pastor, Phil. How great is he? He's so great. And I also want to take a second as well to say thank you to you because Helen and I are doing what we're doing today because of you, because you stuck with us, because, you know, this was the church that I grew up in, this was the campus that I grew up in, and you were, you know, I've not always been perfect, I'm perfect now, of course, but not always, (laughs) but you've stuck with us and you've worked with us and, you know, even when we've been growing, you've seen our growth and um, I want to thank you for that because we can do what we do today because of you. And I've been trying not to say this, but I don't know where Kev is. He's over there. Mate, let me tell you, you've got a special anointing on your life for worship. That was special this morning. I've not seen it for a while. Kev's a very good friend of mine, so I've been trying to get out of this. But let me tell you, you've got a special anointing on your life for worship. Don't pull back from it. Step into it. So... As Phil said, we're in this series, Draw the Circle. Draw the Circle. Who's been enjoying it so far? I hope you've been stepping into the devotional and all those bits that we've been into. I trust it's been impactful in your life. See, I believe that the principles that we're discussing and have discussed have the potential to change the very course of your life. The very course of the church and actually the very course of the towns in which we serve, the cities in which we serve and this area. Because when the people of God come together to pray, is powerful. When a group of people decide to put God first in prayer by seeking Him in first, let me tell you, things change. If you look back throughout church history, things have always started, moves of God have always started with someone who prayed. I think about the Welsh Revival and um, those guys up there. Ewan Roberts, is that right, Phil? Evan Roberts. 11 years he prayed for God to move. And one day, boom, something broke open. Let me tell you, God does things in communities that pray. And that's why I believe that something's going to change. Let's look at our our key verse, 2 Chronicles 7.14. It says this, If my people who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. I don't know about you, but I think our land needs some healing. Who believes that? I believe that. Our land needs some healing. And as we put God first in prayer, I believe that he's going to be true to his word. I don't believe, God is not a man that he should lie. So when he says something like this, I believe it. I take him at his word and I believe that as I put him first in prayer, he will hear from heaven and he'll heal our land. Christian's challenge still rings in my ears every single morning. This challenge over the next 40 days at 7.14 to stop, drop and pray. And I want to encourage you today to finish strong. We've got two weeks left. Finish strong. But that doesn't mean at the end of these few weeks, these 40 days that we stop praying. No, I believe that this is going to be a platform to propel us into what God's called us to. 
I believe actually we're going to step into prayer more than ever before, even at the end of this challenge. Listen to me. If you feel condemned this morning because maybe you've not started how you wanted to, maybe you've not stepped into it, maybe you've not prayed or gone through the devotional, it's not too late. It's not too late. There's no condemnation in Christ. Listen to me. You can start today. And let's finish well together. Can we do that? See, this is why I believe this series is always going to be groundbreaking. Maybe not necessarily because of the teaching or because of that devotional, but because of the God that we're seeking. When you choose to put God first, he does things. See, in this series, we've sought to bring the practicalities of prayer. We want to help you, encourage you to know God in a deeper, more real way. We want to encourage you into the discipline of prayer, to the pressing in of prayer, to the richness of prayer. But see, this does come with a warning sign because I believe prayer is simple, but it is not. But building a life of prayer isn't easy. So I don't think it's supposed to be easy. Great things aren't easy. If you want to build a great business, it's not easy. You want to build a great family, it's not easy. If you want to build a disciplined life, it isn't easy. But let me tell you, it will be so rewarding. To build a life of prayer, it takes persistence, discipline and desire to seek the God of heaven and earth, to chase after him and to put him first in our lives. And we don't build a rich and deep prayer life in a day. It's built over a lifetime. Does that mean that if you've never prayed that today you can't experience God in a real way? No, that's the grace of God. But we build a prayer life over a lifetime. See, as in any other relationship, like my relationship with my wife, I understand better over time ways to relate, ways to interact, and ways that we can get to know each other. See, I know my wife today better than when we got married. And I knew her better when we got married than when we first met. And it's the exact same with God. It's relationship. And we're not talking this morning about religion. We're not coming here to tip our hats to a God who's dead. We're coming to interact with a God who is alive. That's relationship. And relationships take work. They take discipline and they take desire. You have to put the time in to get a return. And while this is true in our relationships with people, it's true with the God of heaven on earth. See, the difference is with God, he replaces your hurt for hope. He replaces bondage with freedom. He replaces hate with love. He replaces insecurity with confidence. He replaces anxiety with peace. He replaces sin with righteousness and he replaces death with life. I love that line in that song. He's the God who brings the dead to life. I was thinking, we can clap in a second because you'll want to clap this. I was sat on the front row this morning when we were singing that and I was thanking God saying, God, Thank you, because I was dead and you brought me back to life. Come on, if we can praise a God, let's praise a God who's alive. God doesn't take like the okay and make them a bit better. God takes the dead and he brings us back to life. That's who he is. He's the God who brings the dead to life. See, if the work we put into relationships here on this earth is worth it, isn't it even more worthwhile Building a relationship in prayer with the God of heaven and earth. Of course it is. See, I believe that if you lean into this relationship with God, you'll be changed forever. 
And this morning, my title is Draw the Circle in Jesus' Name. Let's look at John 16, verse 23 to 24. It's Jesus speaking and he says this. In that day, you'll no longer ask me anything. Very truly, I tell you, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, you've asked nothing in my name. Ask and you'll receive and your joy will be complete. Now, you may have heard people say over your life in Jesus' name at the end of their prayer, or you might have prayed this throughout your life. And many of us, we might not even know why we say it. Maybe some think it's just a nice thing to say, or maybe for you it's just been passed down, or you think it's tradition. But this morning, I want us to look at, and I want to show you why we pray in Jesus' name. And I want you to realise again, or for the first time today, the power of praying in Jesus' name. This power in his name. See, a few years ago, Helen and I were invited down to this young adults conference in London. Now, I don't know if we qualify for that anymore, but we were invited down to this conference. We went down for the weekend. It was before we had kids. And we went to this huge, uh, huge theatre in Hackney. And we got there and... To my dread, when we turned up to the theatre, there was this huge queue. Now, I I know that patience is like a really good thing and it's something that we should have, but let me tell you this. Can I be honest? Is that all right? I struggle with patience. (laughs) That's something that I I struggle with. So we joined this queue as good English people do. And let me tell you straight away, within the first 10 seconds, I'm agitated. Like, I'm like fiddling. I'm like, Helen, why, Helen, why, Helen, why is this, why is this cute? You're not moving. And Helen's like, don't worry. He's okay. You know, trying to just coax me along, calm me down. You know, this wasn't the cue that you get in Tesco where there's two or three people. You know, I'm that guy in Tesco. If I'm in a queue and a new lane opens, let me tell you, I'm Usain Bolt. Like, <laughs> honestly, it might be adrenaline, whatever it is, I would be... Usain Bolt on a 100 metre dash to the next Tesco queue, I tell you, that is the case, even if I had to trip him up. <laughs> so, so here we are in this queue, waiting not so patiently, until this woman walks through the crowd and stops in front of me and Helen and she says, oh, are you Josh? And uh, I went, yeah, yeah, I'm Josh. And she went, are you Dan's guest? Now, even if I wasn't Dan's guest at this point, I'd be like, yes, I am. <laughs> yeah, Dan, Dan's a, he's a great guy. But thankfully, we were Dan's guest. So she does no more than pull us out of this queue, walks us past all the people who have been waiting and walks us inside. Now, she doesn't just walk us inside, but she takes us into this awesome room where there's food and there's drink and there's people chatting and comfy seats. Everybody else is frustrated outside, chuntering about the two people who walk past the queue And I'm there having the time of my life. See, this is the power of a name. I got access to the back room. I got access past the crowd because of Dan's name. No one knew my name in that place. No one knew who I was. But because I knew Dan, because I was Dan's guest, I had an access or area pass. In a much greater way, This is the power of praying in Jesus' name. You have access to the throne room of God because of Jesus' name. You can walk straight up to the God of heaven and earth and pray bold prayers because you know Jesus. This is the power of a name. 
This is what it is. I want to know, you to know today that the only way to God is through Jesus. You can't get to God on your own. You can't get to God through your good works. You can't get to God because of your bank balance or your job or even the work you do in the community. The only reason we have access to the God of heaven and earth is because he sent his son to live a perfect life, die a perfect death and raise again for you and me. See, this is the starting point of praying in Jesus' name. We get access to God, not because of how good we are, but because of how good he is. See, you might have been coming to church for 50 years. You might give all your money to charity. You might have won the Nobel Peace Prize, but you would still fall short of God's standard because that standard is perfection. And today, let's be real here. If we can for a second, we know we aren't perfect. I've never met anybody who isn't clinically insane or having a laugh who says they're perfect. We know we're not perfect. And God's standard is perfection. We know that we're messy. We know that we get it wrong even when we want to get it right. Anybody know that feeling? Yeah. I want to get it right, but I keep messing up and it's just doing my head in. We know that feeling, don't we? We are imperfect. But God in his love for us sent Jesus, God in human flesh, so that we could be made right, not because of what we have done, but because of what Jesus has done. See, because of Jesus, our imperfection is wiped away as we ask him to forgive us, we are made right with God. Look at what Ephesians 2 verse 8 to 9 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourself. It's the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. Someone said to me, one of our guys in in Mansfield last week on Growth Track, they said, a friend asked me at work, isn't it mean for, you know, for God to send someone else, you know, to come and die? And I said, God didn't send anyone else. He came himself. It's hard for us to understand the son of God, Jesus, but God in human flesh came to this earth to live a perfect life die a perfect death and raise again for you. It is a gift. See, we don't get to God through doing the right things. We have no access to God in our name. We get access to God through faith in Jesus. The access is in Jesus' name. So you can quote all the good things you've done. You can say how hard you'll try, how good you'll be, but it won't help because there is no power in your name. I'm sorry to say it this morning, but your name on its own doesn't qualify for access. But through Christ, through what he did on the cross, we can stand before God boldly and speak to God, ask of God and petition God to move. And this brings me on to my next thing, that praying in Jesus' name gives us permission to pray bold prayers. Look at what Hebrews 4 verse 14 to 16 says. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we don't have a high priest who can't sympathise with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time 
of need. Church, we can come boldly to the throne of grace because of Jesus. Isn't this amazing that you and I can stand before the God who made everything and have confidence that He loves us and He hears us? It blows my mind. You know, we all know John O'Kirk down here, our youth pastor. He's a great guy and we know how much he loves Justin Bieber. He, uh, it's, it's a bit embarrassing. Uh, we've been counselling John and Annie because John O puts loads of photos of Justin Bieber on his wall um, in his bedroom and We've been talking about it, we've been working it through. But, you know, if you offered Jono the chance to meet Justin Bieber, let me tell you, he'd break his neck to meet him. It's like if, it's like if, you know, everyone knows I like David Beckham. It's like if David Beckham sent me a text in this service and said, Josh, I've heard about you, you're a great guy. <laughs> he, he would be dead right. Um, if I got that text, he said, look, I want to hang out with you, but we've got to do it tomorrow and you've got to pay at your own expense. I'm in LA. Let me tell you, I would have booked a ticket to LA by the end of the service. I, I'd be there. I'd be there tomorrow. Yes, David, I am coming to your house. See, I, I use this point to illustrate the fact that we would break our necks, bend our schedules, do everything to meet our heroes here on this earth, but we miss opportunities to engage with the God of heaven and earth. We're too busy. We've not got time. Oh, I just forgot. This is the God who made David Beckham. This is the God who made Warren Buffett. This is the God who made Boris Johnson or Donald Trump or whoever is your idol. This is that God. This is the God who has all the answers to your issues. This is the God who has the answer to your sickness. This is the God who has the answer to that work issue. This is the God who has provision. If we're going to clap him, let's clap him. This is the God we're talking about. See this verse in Hebrews, it describes Jesus as our great high priest. The first high priest was a man called Aaron, Moses' psychic in the Old Testament. And the high priest stood in the gap between God and man. The high priest sought to close temporarily the gap between God and man. But as we know, Aaron was a man like you and me, therefore was imperfect. So he had to offer sacrifices for the wrong of the people. So people would mess up and they'd take sacrifices to Aaron. He'd offer them for the people, but he'd also offer them for himself. It was temporary. See, what had happened, people got into this cycle where they'd mess up, feel bad, make a sacrifice. Mess up, feel bad, make a sacrifice. You've heard chicken legs, bolivants and cheesecake from Peter Kay. This is the sin version of that. Mess up, feel bad, make a sacrifice. It was like putting a plaster on a broken leg. It was insufficient. But now Hebrews tells us that Jesus is our great high priest. And instead of just putting a plaster on our issue, God came to earth in the form of Jesus, was tempted like we are, had weaknesses like we do, yet he did not sin. See, this is so important because if God didn't come to earth, we could stand here this morning and say, God, you don't know what I'm going through. But because Jesus came to earth, because God came to earth, he was tempted like we are, had weaknesses like we have, but he didn't get it wrong like we do. He didn't sin. So he lived a perfect life so that me and you could be made right with God. He removed the sin issue forever. 
once for all. I'm so glad we've got a God who obliterated our gap between God and man. Jesus came to be the bridge that we could know God, that we could have relationship with him, that we could interact with him. This is amazing to me. And this is why we can approach the throne of grace with confidence and boldness. We need to pray some bold prayers over this town, over our families, over this area, over our church, for our country and believe that God will work miracles like never before in Jesus' name. See, I'm not praying for a few people to get a bit better in Ilkeston. I'm praying that this town will be transformed. I'm not praying that my kids will just get through school and have an okay life. I'm praying that they will make an impact in our world. I'm not praying that my business will just tick over. I'm praying that God will bless me so I can be a blessing. Come on, church. Let's pray some bold prayers because bold prayers honour God. You know, if you just pray, if I pray, you know, God, tomorrow morning, I pray I'd wake up at 9.30 and I'll give you the glory. You know, that's all right. Like, you can bring the small things to God. That's cool. But God probably won't get the glory for that because you think, yeah, I could probably set my alarm. <laughs> some people, probably God will get the glory. Like some of our teenagers in here, <laughs> some parents are saying that would be a miracle. <laughs> <laughs> but listen to me. If God changed the M1 corridor, this area, Ilkeston, Mansfield, the hub, Nottingham, people aren't going to be looking at, you know, Phil and Christian and me saying, gosh, those guys are pretty good. They're going to be saying, no, only God could have done that. God honours bold prayers because bold prayers honour God. See, when we pray in Jesus' name, God is waiting for us to bring requests that will bring him the glory. The next thing we need to understand about praying in Jesus' name is that he makes our imperfect prayers perfect. Let's look at Romans 8.34. Who then... is the one who condemns. No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and he's also interceding for us. See, Jesus is in heaven and he could be enjoying the beauty and the majesty of heaven. He could use his position at the right hand of God to sit back and let angels feed him perfect cherries and beautiful grapes and have a bit of vino on the sunbed next to God. He could, he could use his position to do that. But instead, he uses his position at the right hand of God to intercede for you and me. See, this word intercede means to intervene on our behalf. So Jesus, in a very real way, he sat at the right hand of God, speaking to God about you. How amazing is this? What a show of the love of God that he chooses to intervene on our behalf. See, this is the paradox of prayer. That we want to pray in the most effective way. We want to learn. We want to press in. But our prayers will always have a tinge of imperfection because we are imperfect. But God takes our imperfect prayers and he makes them perfect. He takes our case to God on our behalf and he offers up our prayers. Please don't think God doesn't hear your prayers because you you don't see something happen. God hears your prayers. Sometimes the answer is no. Sometimes the exact thing we pray for is the opposite of what we need. 
I look back throughout my life and things that I've prayed for, and I say, God, thank you that you didn't say yes. It's like my little boy, Judah. He's four, and like he loves chocolate, <laughs> just as his Auntie Caroline does. <laughs> He, he loves chocolate. He absolutely loves it. And he constantly asks for chocolate. You see, if I always said yes to Judah, I would be a bad father. Because he'd become extremely unhealthy. His teeth would rot away. He'd become out of shape. I would be a bad dad if I constantly said yes to his request. Because J- Judah doesn't understand like I do. He doesn't, doesn't really understand the implications like I do. And it's the same with us and God. See, we don't understand like God does. But when we pray in Jesus' name, he takes our imperfect prayers and makes them perfect. He intervenes on our behalf. He takes our broken and fractured understanding to produce something that's beautiful. See, praying in Jesus' name isn't a magic word to which we say it, then all our wishes will be granted. It's a heart attitude that says, Jesus, I don't come in my strength, I come in yours. Jesus, without you, I'm lost and broken. I need you to make me whole. Jesus, I come in the perfection of your name, not in my own imperfection. Jesus, I know that I only understand in part, but I trust you because you understand in full. Jesus, I acknowledge that you know best and that your way is best. See, that's why when I come to God on my own, I'll praise him, I'll thank him, I'll ask for his forgiveness before I move on to my request. Because it reminds me that God is not a genie there to answer my every woman request, but he is the God who saved me. He's the God who made me and the God who knows me better than me. And he's the God who knows what's best for me. When we pray in Jesus' name, we acknowledge that his way is best. That even though we're going to bring our request, we don't want our will, but his. And this is what it is to pray in Jesus' name. And finally, we must realise the power of Jesus' name. Philippians 2 verse 5 to 11 says this. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that's above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of the Father. See, when we pray in Jesus' name, we must realise the power that His name holds. As this verse in Philippians says, because Jesus laid down His life for all, God gave Him the name above every other name. His name is greater than lack. His name is bigger than cancer. His name is more powerful than our pain. His name is the name above every name. 
In Mark 16, verse 17, we see that in Jesus' name, demons flee. It says, in my name, they will drive out demons. In John 8, 36, we see that in Jesus' name, we are set free. If the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Isaiah 53, verse 5 says, in Jesus' name, our sickness is healed. And by His stripes, we are healed. In Philippians 4, verse 7, we see that in Jesus' name, He exchanges anxiety for peace. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ. And in Proverbs 18, verse 10, we see that in Jesus' name, there is safety. The name of the Lord is a fortified tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. Come on, let's praise Him. When we pray in Jesus' name, we must realise that there's power in His name. That we aren't just tipping our hat to a God who is dead, but we are calling upon the power of a God who is alive, a God who loves us and a God who is with us. When we pray in Jesus' name, we should expect things to happen. We should expect the broken to be made whole. We should expect the sick to be healed and the lost to be found because that's the power of His name. We don't have a problem with making Jesus too big in our lives. It's impossible because we can't comprehend the bigness and the greatness of God. Our problem is with making Him too small. I hate to say it, but at times we reduce Jesus' name to a repetitive saying and at worst an empty line that's just a part of our routine. But I want to encourage you as you come to pray, remember the power of His name. Remember that there is power to see breakthrough in your situation. There's power to see breakthrough in this town. There's power to heal that broken relationship. There's power for Him to open doors of opportunity in your day. There's power to see the lost saved and the broken made whole in the name of Jesus. When you come to pray next, take a second to reflect on the power that's in His name. Reflect on what He did and what He does. He rose from the dead. He made blind eyes see and deaf ears hear. He cleansed the leper and he is still working miracles today. Someone came up to me before the service and told me about God healing a situation. They called the doctors and they said, we've never had a call like that. That's the power of a miracle today. But the greatest miracle, the Bible says it, is that salvation. When he gave us a new star, wiped the slate clean, got rid of our error and wrong and he made us right with God so that we could be adopted into his family. I just ask you to bow your head and close your eyes. If that's you today, you want an opportunity to get to know Jesus for the first time. You want to say yes to Jesus. You want to start a relationship with him. You say, Josh, I want my slate to be wiped clean. I want to step into a relationship with God today. If that's you, while every head's bowed, every eye's closed, I just want you to raise your hand now. If that's you, yeah, thank you. Anybody else? Yes, thank you. Come on. Anybody else today? Yes, thank you. I see your hand. Anybody else today? You want to say yes to Jesus this morning? Thank you. One last time. You want to say yes to Jesus today? God, I thank you for these four ladies who said yes to you today. God, I pray that they'd step in to a real relationship with you, God. Lord, I pray as they bring themselves to you, God, that you would exchange all of their issues all of their imperfection for your beauty and your glory and your grace. Holy Spirit, I pray your wind would be at their back as they step into a relationship with you. 
in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now.